welcome back to another episode of Imposter. Uh, Monica and I are here solo, solo together to bring you an episode today about mental health and just maintaining boundaries during what has been an insane year. And I know that everyone is probably so tired of talking about quarantine and the pandemic and mental health and how to maintain your mental health during the pandemic. So we don't have to necessarily make this like pandemic related, but we kind of just want to share some mental health tips and things that we've been doing to keep ourselves sane during this insane time. And yeah, I think this is something that is, comes up a lot, especially now, but comes up now more that we are working from home, living from home, playing from home, doing everything from home. So yeah, so we just want to kind of talk about things that have worked for us. I think mental health is not talked about enough. And especially for women, I think it's really empowering to talk about it and talk about when you're struggling. So then you can lean on each other when you really need it. And especially talking about your mental state at work with your coworkers and your manager can really be helpful. So you don't feel as alone. I also want to say that we are on the precipice of a very polarizing holiday known as Valentine's Day. And we thought that this week's episode would just also feel a little indulgent. We want to talk about self-care and self-love and all of the things that we like to do to help take care of ourselves and take care of our minds. Happy Valentine's Day, Monica. Happy Valentine's Day, Taylor. <laughs> Can't wait. I have such a love-hate relationship with this holiday and like every holiday I kind of just I can't help but feel a little bit excited it's a little special and then the day actually comes and it's like mm. yeah it's kind of like the recipe for a letdown uh maybe just me <laughs> no but we can talk about things today that you can just do for yourself so Monica let's talk about how our mental health has shifted during quarantine. This is the only like specifically pandemic thing we need to talk about, but just kind of how, how we felt at the beginning and, and like how we've kind of overcome that. A few things come up for me with this question because they, I don't have a single answer because every day is different. And to be honest, every day was kind of different before quarantine too, but now that that has been layered on, it definitely adds an additional feeling of heaviness at least most days. Weirdly, I, I notice it more on the weekends when I'm not working. I feel as though work during the week usually keeps me pretty engaged and there's things to do and there's distractions. It's more sort of Saturdays and Sundays waking up and not really having a real reason to get out of bed unless it's to like feed my sourdough starter like a little baby needs to be fed at a certain time if it's going to yield some loaf for me. Yeah. Speaking of hobbies during quarantine, I feel, I feel what you're saying. And, um, I want to recognize that, you know, you and I are in pretty privileged positions here. We can completely keep our jobs. Our jobs haven't been affect affected. Our pay hasn't been affected. We can completely do our jobs from our house, the comfort of our own home. We're not having to put our health on the line to go do our job like so many are. So that being said, you know, it's still, it's still okay to like feel like this is a really 
mentally challenging time and our feelings are valid. You know, even if we don't have the worst COVID experience of everyone, like it's still valid that we feel like we're not operating at a hundred percent. Um, cause it's, you know, unprecedented times in quotes, cause everyone says that, but you know, no, we've never dealt with this before and we can give ourselves grace and just say like, like you said, take it one day at a time. We don't, you don't have to have this perfect formula for every day where you get X amount of things done. You just like take it, wake up, take it as it is and see what, how you're feeling and, and what you have the capacity for. And I think at the beginning of quarantine, I just was obsessed with like, wow, we have all this new time. Like, cause I think we kind of thought there was going to be an end soon. So we wanted to make sure that we were taking advantage of the time and, oh my gosh, I can do this new workout program or I'm going to learn to cook this thing. Um, I'm going to learn. I don't even know. Like I'm going to connect with all my friends that I haven't talked to in a year via Zoom chats. And, um, you know, we just, there were just so many, there was like this pressure to just get all this stuff done because it was time that no one had ever had before. But that was pressure in itself. It was like, that was stressing me out more. Like, am I using it correctly? Am I like, am I, am I being productive every second of the day? And once I just accepted that, like, like, I don't need to live, lead a life where I am productive every second. Like that's not what should be a measure of if my life is like a well, a a life worth living or not. You know, I think once I accepted that this is not a time to be my most productive, this is just like, I need to get through this time. I, I don't have to come out of this time with a new hobby, learning a new language, a new job, you know, like changing my life. It's just, we just have to get through it and it's okay to not do anything spectacular. Totally. I think it's really important to recognize when those feelings of self-judgment are coming up when you are chilling out, watching some dorky reality TV show or like scrolling through your social media feed of choice and or whatever you do to turn your brain off and and take a little break it's important to recognize if those feelings of self-judgment are coming up as though those activities are quote unquote not as good or as productive as i don't know like baking a three-tiered cake or learning italian or doing the New York Times Sunday crossword puzzle or clocking extra hours at work. Productivity, I think to an extent, can be a very subjective measurement. And and this is something that I have to keep reminding myself too, is that rest periods are just as productive as work, right? You have to find a balance or else I feel like I'm constantly in this cycle too, because you burn out and then, and then you, you can't do like really anything that well, not even the things that you thought that you used to enjoy. It becomes such a drain. There's such a lack of motivation and it's just bummed, totally bummed out. Yeah. We both have definitely felt those periods of burnout where you just are useless. Like you cannot do your job. And then it's even more frustrating because you're like, why can't I do this? Why can't I focus? Like this is stuff I do all the time. What What's wrong with me now? It's really important to recognize when you're about to hit that point. <laughs> I guess for anyone that's never hit that point, because I, I think I hit that point this year 
and I didn't really know what, like I, I, I felt like something was wrong with me and like, or I just needed to find a new job or something. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't feel like this is right. I don't feel happy. So some of the things to look out for, are like you're annoyed by everyone you come into contact with at your company and every meeting, even, you know, just normal meetings. So you have a normal stand up for 15 minutes and you're like, everyone's voice is grating. Yeah. You just feel this like anxiety and like just unable to complete your normal tasks and super unmotivated. Like you just do not care about the mission of the company or like completing your everyday duties. You're just like really skating by. And my manager helped me realize that like I was explaining these things. I was just like, I'm not happy. Like this job is not making me happy. And I I just feel like so trapped and I don't know why. And he just helped me realize, he was like, you know what? Like I've what you're describing sounds like burnout. And I've felt that if I hadn't felt it before, I wouldn't know, but it's, that's what it sounds like. So please right now go take a week off and, you know, come back refreshed. And that's what I did. And I was fine coming back, you know, it didn't solve every problem, but it definitely, that definitely was what was happening. There's this idea of, I'm probably going to not explain this correctly, but it's this thing called like commodity, like time as a commodity where like the, the less time, for some reason, the less time you have, like the busier you are, like you think like the more important you are. It's kind of like when you ask about someone's weekend, like, how was your weekend? And they're like, oh my gosh, I was so busy. I was running around all weekend. I was doing this and I was taking my kids to soccer and I was, you know, whatever on this committee. And it, it makes you feel more important. And like, you think people see you as more important, but you kind of just have to think like, how do you want to live your life? Do you want to live this busy life where you're just constantly checking tasks off or you know, do you want to be fulfilled and and feeling calm and happy about your tasks and not like you just have this endless to-do list and that's the only way you can feel at peace is checking things off. Absolutely. Also, for me at least, burnout comes with a very visceral sense of overwhelm. And I think you touched on that a little bit with the anxiety, but it showed up very much for me a couple weeks ago because I was put on this new project at work, but I was trying to wrap up something that I had taken on before I knew I was going to be on this new project and knew that I wasn't going to have time in the coming week to work on it at all. So I instead spent a significant portion of my Saturday trying to wrap up this other project and it was a it was just kind of like digging myself into a hole because i realized the scope of it was much higher than i had initially thought and i just felt so there it was so many levels of like overwhelm frustration i felt like anger showing up because i was annoyed at myself for taking this on i was annoyed at myself that i hadn't finished it yet. And then I was super, super annoyed at myself that I had given up a whole day of my weekend and had not even gotten, you know, like the satisfaction, the dopamine hit of pushing up the code and checking off the box. And and honestly, when I do find myself letting work carry over into nights and weekends, it's almost always work that I then have to redo because I'm I'm checked out my brain is trying to rest and recover from the previous week. And if I try to force knowledge to happen, it is usually comes with a lot of uh, feedback. Yeah. We know you can't force, like we've all had that experience where you 
you're like so stuck at the end of the day and then you, you try and try and try. And then you're just like, I'm leaving, I'm going home or oh, I'm already home. I'm going to go to the couch. And then you wake up the next morning and you're, you open your computer and you find it in two seconds. You're like, Oh, there it is. Boom. Done. So just, uh, yeah, the importance of taking breaks. Yeah. Just the general theme of this is like, give yourself a break and give your brain, like your brain needs a break. And there's, there's like actually science behind how, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed or threatened or like, you know, you need to finish something by a certain time, or you need to prove that you, you know, are good enough to complete this task. Like your, um, what's it called? Prefrontal cortex, which is like, does all of your thinking and processing and logic like goes offline because you go into that fight or flight stage of like survival because you feel threatened. And then, you know, that part of your logic part of your brain goes off because you don't need that when you're threatened and, and fleeing from like a tiger attacking you. You just need that fight or flight, like just like go, go, go. And so you're, you're physically not able to use your brain to complete those tasks. Like that's why that happens. It's not because you're stupid. It's because your, your, your body, your like primal body feels, um, under attack. So one thing that I love thinking about reading about our morning routines or just kind of day-to-day routines of cool career-driven women. So Taylor, do you have a morning routine and uh, what's it like? What do you, what do you get into? Yeah. You know, my morning routine is always evolving and Sometimes I feel like this is another one of those things where it's like, I have to have a morning routine. I'm going to do this and do this and this. And then you make another to-do list that's daunting. And so it actually becomes counterproductive. But something that has been working for me is number one, just leaving my phone out of my bedroom. I don't need to be receiving texts when I'm going to sleep. And I don't need to be uh, scrolling on Instagram or more, more recently TikTok, which sucks you in forever. I don't care how old you are. It learns what you like and it will show you what you like and find funny for hours and you're trapped. So, um, I started leaving my phone out of the bedroom just be, and also like the blue light thing. I just don't want to be exposing myself to blue light when I'm literally in bed because that can delay, you know, whatever system by like 90 minutes. I don't know what the science is, but like it keeps you awake. <laughs> so I'm leaving my phone out of my bedroom and I'm just setting my Alexa alarm, which is actually a pretty peaceful alarm by the way. And so I have to say, I have to say like, stop the alarm. So like, I need to like be up and say that rather than like grabbing the phone. And then, cause I feel like when you turn your alarm off then you have the phone in your hand, you're just more apt to go straight to Instagram or whatever. So this way I have no touch points with my phone at all. Get up, feed the cat. Cause he's yelling at me. And then, um, just immediately still like try not to touch my phone unless I'm like expecting something, but just immediately like roll out my mat, set it up for like yoga or Pilates, like something that is just a calming workout that'll get my body moving, but it's not all this pressure to like do an intense, like hit workout when I'm half asleep. So I've been finding like movement exercise that makes me feel more energized rather than depleted. Cause I was finding if I did that in the morning, I really couldn't like, I would just be tired by the afternoon. I couldn't focus. So it's been making me feel, and it's like 20 to 30 minutes. So you already kind of get in that workout off the bat. Then you don't have to think about it during the day. Like, am I going to work out now? It's dark. I don't want to. So that's done. And then from there I go make my coffee or tea. And then maybe at that point I can look at my phone, you know, get through stuff for the morning. But at this point I still haven't opened my laptop. This whole process is probably from like 8.30 when I wake up to like 10 when I open my laptop or maybe a little bit before 10. Because sometimes if I wake up and I go straight to my computer, 
like if I wake up late and I have a 9am meeting or something and I just go straight, I'm totally not in the headspace to take in the meeting, to pay attention, or I'm super annoyed when people are talking to me or asking me questions right away, or I wake up to a lot of slacks. So this way I've like taken time for myself. I've relaxed. I've moved my body. I'm like ready to go. I have my breakfast and coffee and like everything, everything ready. And then I just, I feel like I'm starting the day off definitely on a better note. So that's really been, that's really been helpful for me. Monica? I am an early birdie. I've I've kind of always been that way. I wake up at like, my alarm goes off around like 6.15. As a caveat, I'm in bed before nine. So I'm not, I'm not missing out on my Z's. Um, I have my sleep goal set at seven and a half hours and I hit it every night. So the first thing that I will usually do, and again, it's evolving. Um, so sometimes the order of these things change up, but at least for the past, uh, several months since I moved. So since November, I've kind of kept doing these like particular things in the morning. Usually I will first feed the cat, obviously, then make a little coffee or tea. I will take that upstairs to where my little office setup is. And I'll sometimes catch up on slacks or emails just out of habit. But usually what I've been doing more as of recent is going through like some leak code or some sort of, this is going to sound so dorky, like uh, data structure algorithm. Nerd alert. I know. Just as honestly, just as like a little like brain exercise to, to start warming things up. And also just because it's like a point of insecurity because I'm, I'm so bad at those. And even though I'm not interviewing or I, you know, I still want to kind of be on my, on my game. It starts usually like starts my day off on a high note. I time box it to only 30 minutes. So if it's a really tough problem or something that I haven't seen before, I won't even get through the whole thing. It might take me like a couple rounds of 30 minutes before I have a breakthrough, but even just making like incremental progress or getting past a block is some po- just some positive reinforcement to start my day. So then I do a little exercise. I used to do a lot of walks, like outdoor walks, but recently I've been doing less sort of outdoor walks. And instead I get my step count up by jumping on a mini trampoline that I bought at the beginning of quarantine. And um, it's, was that influenced by me, by the way? It was, it was. Yeah, it was. I was the original trampoliner, although mine is now in my room and hasn't been uh, used for quite a few months. So maybe, maybe my morning routine will re-inspire Inspire. you. <laughs> it's true. It's um, true. But so I, I bounce on that while I listen to a podcast, usually um, like up first uh, on NPR, I get a little news in. Mm, or the daily. Or the daily, yeah. Um, but I usually get a bit tired after like 15 minutes. So I keep, <laughs> I keep, it, I keep it pretty short. Um, and, then, and then I'll do like a yoga Pilates. Usually max would be... 45 minutes, like 15 to 45 minutes, just depending on how I feel. Then some more sort of mind care, like meditation, journaling. I'm in between therapists right now, but I found this new app called Bloom, which is a CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy app. And that's actually been really 
helpful. They have sort of video lessons that have different mini courses. I think I'm doing one right now on gratitude. I've been pleasantly surprised. I find them to be very grounding and and very accessible mm. as well. Then it's usually time to start my work day. So I'll make some more coffee and grab breakfast and then return to my computer uh, and actually like answer slacks and answer emails because I don't usually do that unless it's an emergency in the morning. If I have a 9 a.m. meeting where I have to have my camera on, I'll try to eat breakfast before then because I hate, 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 hate eating on camera. I just, I find it, it makes me feel like I'm like my privacy is being invaded <laughs> and Wait, do like, you I hate, don't like people watching me eat. Do you hate watching other people eat though? Or like, you just don't want people watching you eat? No. Okay. Cause I, I was going to say, you've never it. been in a meeting with me. Clearly I'm eating in literally every meeting. <laughs> No, no, not at all. I just feel, I guess it's like, I feel self-conscious. Like I feel self-conscious with people watching me chomp on some, I'm literally chomping on lettuce, yeah. huge lettuce leaves, like in my salad for <laughs> lunch meetings. I just, I, I, I prefer like, I mean, I, I like going to meals with other people, obviously, but if it's like a meeting, I'm always self-conscious that someone's going to be like, what are you eating? Like, what is that? That's so funny. That actually did happen today. Like they were like, is that a green juice? And I'm like, yeah, it's a smoothie. Like ever seen one? <laughs> I know. I'm just, listen, I'm not here for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cameras off. That's okay. Like, and also like, I'm worried, like I'd, I'll like, spill something or I'll get something or if I'm having you know, like a smoothie that's green or like a dark color or something that'll like get all over my Be mouth teeth, or get in my dark teeth. Tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. You don't have to eat uh -huh. on camera. It's okay. You're not on a reality show. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't I? Yeah, maybe we But are. yeah, what about nighttime? Do you have a do you have a nighttime routine or is it just like anything goes? Yeah. I think it's important to try to like, you know, emulate what once used to be a commute or just like a switch from working to so not I get working. in my car like, and get you know, on the 10. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I just sit in my car. <laughs> um, well now that it's dark outside, I don't want to walk when it's dark out cause unsafe, but I used to like in the summer, I would take a walk like right when I, you know, at five or whatever or six, I guess. Um, and I, that would be like a really great way to just cut the day off and close my computer, go on a walk and then come home and make dinner. Nowadays I'm like taking a walk around four or something right before it gets dark and then doing a little more work and then, and then doing dinner stuff. But it kind of helps to just like, especially cooking. I find cooking helps cause it's just like immediately an activity that requires your attention. Like if you're like chopping vegetables or something, it's kind of just like a mindful activity where, you know, you can put on a podcast or music and just transition into a totally different headspace than where you were at when you were working. So yeah, I kind of like doing that. And then, um, especially during the day planning what I'm going to make or eat, then you have that thing to look forward to at least. Like I found all I think about is what I'm going to eat. Literally. I mean, well, I'll talk about this in a second, but I think it's really important to just add those moments of joy in our days. Cause there aren't that many, especially if you're just by yourself all day, like me, um, just having like little moments of joy. So whether it's a new recipe, like 
the TikTok uh, feta pasta recipe that I will be making tonight. It's like feta tomatoes baked and just gets all like creamy and cheesy. And then you toss it with some pasta. So yeah, like having something to look forward to with the cooking and it doesn't have to be some elaborate thing, but it's like an, an activity that takes your brain off of work and helps you transition for the night. What about you? That pasta sounds so good. I got a little distracted thinking about it. I've already seen videos of like a non-dairy alternative too, where you make mm. a, I think like a tofu ricotta style cheese. And then it's the same thing. You like plop it in the pan with the tomatoes, olive oil, and then you bake it and then you mix your pasta. I'm a bit, I've become a big fan when making pasta of, I used to be all about like you make the pasta and then you pour the sauce on the pasta, but you got to no, flip it. No, we were doing it wrong. It. I know. I'm glad that I saw You got to mix it in there. And also um, using the pasta water mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. has the starch mm -hmm. in it in to mix the sauce. Like I really, that's been a huge takeaway of quarantine, <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise you're like pouring the pasta, like sauce on top of the pasta and it's not integrated. Yeah. It's like just. Do you use like pasta pasta or a, a grain or wheat free alternative? I've been using, um, like brown rice one, or there's also like a there is a grain-free cassava pasta, but it's so funny. I actually made it for someone on Monday and um, I was like, I have a secret. This is gluten-free. He was like, what? No way. I would never know that. So yeah, it's like literally tastes the same. It was like penne. It's good. I think this is like, I, I was kind of making fun of the fact that we were talking about like cooking and stuff, but I think this actually is an important topic um, for working from home because your instinct is to just go toward a lot of comfort food and just like shit that is not good for you. And that's fine. You can allow yourself to do that if you feel like it, totally fine. But I think what both of us have found, you know, how you feel is is so important, especially this time when you're just sitting at home. Like if you feel like crap because you're eating like crap, then you just can't get anything done. And then you feel even worse, like trying to eat in a way, even though it's so annoying and like sucks sometimes trying to eat in a way that's like energizing and like is really nourishing rather than sabotaging yourself by like eating a bunch of chips at 3 PM or, you know, whatever ice cream. But like, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's just more relevant now because you pay your pairing, paying more attention to it. Cause it's just more apparent when you feel like shit after eating because you're just sitting here by yourself all day but yeah yeah I also like I I always go into the week with a plan of what I'm gonna eat partially because I love thinking about food and what my next meal is going to be but also because it just saves so much freaking time especially lunch like I like to take a leisurely lunch, but I don't want to spend that time rustling through the fridge and cabinets and figuring out like what the heck there is to eat and then getting so stressed out that I end up just making like oatmeal or like a peanut butter sandwich, even though that is oftentimes delicious. <laughs> um, well, and also planning in times when you're going to like order out, like mm. so then you have something to look forward to. It's like, Oh, like I'm going to let myself have whatever, like I'm going to order lunch. Like I'm going to order sushi. I'm going to order this. Like that kind of infuses a little bit of like, you know, excitement. Let's talk about 
I keep alluding to, like finding joy in the small things throughout the day. And just like, I heard this, I heard this talked about by someone before where measure, measure your life in like how joyful you are rather than like happiness, because happiness is such a, like, it's such a like final, like, like overarching state of being where it's like, it's harder to define, like, am I happy or not? Whereas joyful, it's like, yes, this brings me joy. Yes, this brings me joy. And then like the, the more, the more often you're feeling joy, like you will feel happy. You will perceive that you are happier. And so trying to look for those ways to infuse joy throughout the day. And like, we're talking about morning routines and cooking routines and eating. And like, sometimes things can get really regimented. And especially if you have all these goals that you want to get done and and you're spending time at home and you want to, you want to improve and be productive. And, but like being too regimented can make things even more stressful and, and boring. And so like just switching things up and maybe it's like, you know, maybe if your routine every morning is making the same cup of coffee with the same coffee, like maybe one morning, allow yourself to take a walk outside to a coffee shop and like go inside the coffee shop. I mean, it's COVID, but like, however safely you can go to the coffee shop order ahead of time and just like experience being in a different scenery with different people, get a different type of coffee. You don't normally get like treat yourself to something new, just so you're having these new experiences, like maybe paint your nails, even though no one is seeing us. Like I like, like to paint my nails just so I look at them in the zoom and I can see them and I'm like, Oh wow. Like fancy girl shower, actually do my hair. So I don't like, I'm not staring at this beast all day, <laughs> like wearing something like maybe a step up from workout clothes, just, just trying to feel like things that make you the, I'm, I'm, I'm listing a lot of like superficial things, but like these just make me feel put together and like, I have my life together and like, I'm going somewhere. I got an espresso. I like stopped drinking coffee for most of quarantine just cause I, I thought it was making me like jittery and like, like too anxious, but I'm back on, back on the sauce. So I ordered an espresso. <laughs> I went, I went back full, full force. I got an espresso and like, it came with these different pods, like different espresso coffee pods. And like, I'm trying a new one every day. It's like, Ooh, what am I going to get today? Ooh, this one. It's just like a fun little thing in the morning to break up the monotony, you know, new smoothie recipes, new breakfast recipes. I know it's easy to have like a routine and, and to take, sometimes take out the thought, but sometimes it's fun to like change it up and just, you know, so your days aren't all the freaking same. And yeah, if I'm ever feeling like anxious or just like particularly low throughout the day, I just, I'm like, stop what I'm doing and go outside, like get outside, try to get like 30 minutes of, of just sun on your face. You feel alive. Even if you, what you really feel like doing is like loafing around and watching TV all day. Like just recognizing that, you know, you will, I know, I know I personally will feel better if I go outside for a little bit and just walk around, get some fresh air. And then I can come back to binging a full Netflix series. Yeah. 100%. I love the point that you made about getting like changing up your coffee routine, especially because that is always something that I love doing is like a little treat. We also like in LA, especially downtown where I live, there's so many great, great places um, to get coffee. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, if you stop going to Starbucks, you'll save like thousands of dollars. It's like, yeah, you don't have to go to Starbucks every day. But like, if you're a software engineer listening to this, like you make enough money to go buy a freaking latte once in a while. So don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things that bring me little moments of joy. Ooh, 
I love on Sundays, I always try to make time to do a face mask and like a clay mask. And then I will take a bath with like a bath bomb. I had these, I think I just used up my last one, but I had these CBD bath bombs that I was loving, you know, something to like spice up the water a little bit. It doesn't last very long because I find myself getting like overheated and a little bit bored, but it still feels like very luxurious. <laughs> just the process of like, you know, running the bath water and I'll like listen to a podcaster like KCRW or something and just zone out. You know, I, I'm so jealous you have a bathtub. I don't have one. And like at the beginning of quarantine, everyone's like, I'm taking a bath. I'm going to have a bath bomb. And I was like, ugh, I want to take a bath. <laughs> I just have to stand in my shower. But yeah, I think, you know, we talked, uh, you talked about like therapy or like being in between therapists. Therapy is super important um, for self-care. I didn't like, I always thought I was one of those people that was fine, like well-adjusted. I don't need a therapist. Like that's for people with way bigger issues than me. But um, one of my close friends would always talk about her therapist. And I was like, huh, like, I feel like I could totally get, and she, like her talking about it made it, made me feel like it was less of a weird thing. So I was like, maybe, you know, this seems like something I could benefit from. And you just realize like everyone has their issues. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. You can have like amazing parents, amazing home, amazing upbringing. Like there's still things that come up and it really helps to have a professional to talk with who's like trained and talking about those things. So that's super helpful. I even go to physical therapy, which is basically just like an intense sports massage. I don't have any like in thing that's wrong with me, but I just go and like, we work on areas that are tight or whatever, like my neck or like whatever, whatever else is tight my back. And then she gives like exercises for me to do in between sessions to stretch. I feel like stretching and like foam rolling is, is super helpful too. I'll like do that while I listen to a podcast or watch TV. Sometimes, yeah, I'll, instead of laying on the couch while I'm watching TV, I'll like do a foam rolling, even though it hurts so badly. And then acupuncture is another thing that we both do, which is kind of like, seems like a woo woo thing. But I think like, I mean, I've definitely seen Bennett, like I feel a lot calmer during it. Just like, you just feel like it's getting the blood moving. <laughs> it's doing something. You can't totally tell what it is, but when you're there, you just like go into such a deep state of relaxation when all the needles are in there. So, um, that's like such an awesome thing to do. And then I'll, I'll schedule that appointment like in the morning and just walk since it's within a mile of my apartment, I'll walk there. So then I like start my morning with a walk. I get moving. I get the sun on my face. I have that. And then I walk home, maybe grab a coffee on the way home. So I'm like incorporating all these things. And so I've already, you know, lived my life before I opened my computer and have taken care of myself. I want to bring up a point of contention that I sometimes struggle with, which is the thought that self-care is too self-indulgent. I'm like privileged, frivolous. And I definitely think that some things can toe that line. But I also think it's very real that when you acknowledge your needs and treat yourself with kindness, it makes you a better person towards other people too. It makes you express kindness and compassion and empathy more easily towards other people if you express it towards yourself first. That doesn't necessarily mean like blowing off work to go get your hair and nails done, but it does mean maybe closing your laptop at a reasonable hour, even if you're not done with everything on your to-do list. 
rest for that day. And maybe it means taking a day off if you are starting to feel burnt out, if you wake up really like dreading getting out of bed and the thought of that 9 a.m. meeting or your stand-up is starting to like make you so overwhelmed that you could just like cry, like maybe it's time to take, maybe not even a full day, like take the morning off and, and, and just figure out what you need to sort of rebalance yourself. Yeah. And yeah, just listen to yourself and it's all about prioritizing. Like if you, whatever expendable income you have, if you do like, think about where you're spending that money and where it could maybe be better spent. Like, is that new jacket or piece of jewelry going to bring you the same sense of contentment that, you know, a therapy session may, while that's not tangible, you know, if you spend, if you spend money on a gym membership, like, you know, you should probably, you should probably consider spending that much on like therapy or some kind of thing for your mind. You know, you should be treating those things the same, but I like what you're, what you're saying. I think also something you're touching on is like maintaining boundaries and just knowing when to say no and knowing when you need a second and boundaries are really hard during this time, especially something that I found helpful is just turning off all of my notifications and not having email on my phone. I do have the Slack app on my phone just because that actually makes me feel more free. Like I can go on a walk and then check periodically just to make sure I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling anxious that people, someone's trying to reach me. Um, but I don't have notifications on that. I don't have it on my front page, you know, my first app page screen. I have to like physically go search for it to, to find things, but yeah, like knowing your working hours and like, just your like, we talked about the morning and end, evening routines, like knowing when you're starting work, knowing when you're ending work and just communicating that with your team and manager, but like what your working style is and, and how you are best able to show up to work. You know, when you follow those certain things, because you can't bring your all to work if you are just constantly burning the midnight oil and like working on the week you feel resentful to your coworkers and to the company for making you do that. And yeah, it's just like, take a vacation day, even if you're not going anywhere, who cares? Like take a vacation day that maybe that means like you just don't open up your laptop and you watch a full Netflix series and don't move from your couch. Like I have for sure done that or take a day to go outside where you're nowhere near your computer and like, don't really try not to go on your phone as much, go on a hike, go to the beach. If you're in LA, um, just like get outside and remember that there's more to life than, than your job. Totally. Totally. Okay, Monica. I think we, yeah, I think we dropped all the wisdom we have on, on mental health and boundaries, uh, so far it's a work in progress for us. And, you know, we're always looking for like life hacks and like (laughs) reading articles. I feel like every week you and I text each other, like, Ooh, did you try this new thing? Or like, Ooh, I, I just found this new, you know, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> this new person that's oh my god this. wait we totally we didn't even talk about gua sha oh my gosh I mean yeah it's to like be honest, my my practice has dropped my practice my gua sha practice yeah really to dropped. be honest I just fished out my gua sha I actually have two I f- just found them in my drawer I was like hi friends haven't touched you in a while I got a new ice roller oh like we're, we're literally just buying new shit every week that's like life I mean and this is where the indulgent like frivolous part comes in because like you're buying stuff that you don't actually use so feel like I wouldn't recommend these things, but I, the purpose behind it is to like make yourself feel better. And, and that's fine. If you buy something you never use, you know, maybe, maybe think twice before buying another one of those things. <laughs> but also if you buy it, don't judge yourself. If you never use it, 
Um, yeah. I read yes. before I was getting to, ready to move. I listened to the Marie Kondo book. Mm. One thing that she said that I just gobbled the F up was that it's okay, you know, to not feel any sense of guilt if you get rid of something that you never used or a book that you only read half of because things come into your, not everything comes into your life with a purpose to be maximized or used to its full capacity. Sometimes something comes into your life that you never find a use for because its sole purpose was to show you that you did not need that so that maybe next time you won't buy that thing. Um, or if you're me, you will learn that lesson several more times, but hopefully one of these days it will stick. I really like that. I really like that. I feel like that can apply to like a lot of things in your life, not just like objects. <laughs> Another thing to help your mental health is like getting rid of shit, like just clean out the closet, clean out stuff you don't use. And then you just feel so light. Like it's great. You just feel so much better because you can like find things and see what you own. So you're not rebuying stuff that has been, I've done that like twice through quarantine and then you donate the items or you sell them to a resale thrift shop. So you don't feel as wasteful. And it just feels so nice. You just feel like a lighter, like a sense of like, whew, I got, I got rid of a bunch of stuff. It's so good to do that, especially with clothes. And mm. I, what, what I will do because I get nervous about, you know, it's like, oh, but what if I never worn this, but what if I decide to wear it one day and then I don't have it? So I will do a huge closet purge and I'll put everything in bags and I'll put them in my car and I'll just leave them in the trunk of my car for like a couple months. That way I, I get the nice clean everything. And it has happened. Like there have, I have gotten things out of my car before, like brought back armfuls of clothes, but I still get rid of a significant amount of stuff. And that way I know if I go and rescue something, I actually do have intention. <laughs> rescue. <laughs> no. And like, as two people that buy clothes constantly, like you don't need it. You're going to rebuy it. And like, you may like that may not even be the style anymore. You know, like if you haven't worn it in the past year, bye-bye. <laughs> means that so many of my clothes are okay. maybe that doesn't apply to this year because like I think I will wear my jeans again at some point <laughs> yeah 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 true exactly this year is a little bit of an anomaly because we have had no events to go to and no reason to get dressed 100 percent, 100 percent. do you have an imposter moment for us this week Taylor yeah let's go into imposter moments and all-star moments um we're like planning this new project is this huge project a lot of like energy and enthusiasm behind it from all size of the organization. I tend to not get swept up in like <laughs> the enthusiasm for these projects just because like, you know, when you've been somewhere for a while, it's like, okay, here we go again. But I digress. Um, so like we're planning this new feature and one of my coworkers made this flow diagram, like chart thing about how the API calls are happening. I don't even know what it's called. This is how imposter I feel. Like it's basically like a client server, I don't know, diagram about what happens between the client and the server. And um, uh, yeah, one of my, one of my areas of, of growth is, um, is just like planning up front, like, like being more part of the planning process. Like I'm someone that's really good at the doing it's like, okay, give me this task and I will do it and I will do it well. But the, when you taking a step back and like planning a, a feature from a high level, I just get super overwhelmed. And so he's like, 
Hey guys, I, I made this chart. Like, let me know if you have any questions. And I'm looking at it. I have it up right now. And I'm just like, huh? What, what does this mean? Like, it's like arrows going everywhere, all these dotted lines and all these like different things. And it was set in a channel where it's like, okay, let me have any questions. And so I just feel like an idiot being like, Hey, can you actually like explain what this, this is, which I totally could do. Cause he's like so helpful and, and patient and not judgmental, but it was just a total imposter moment where this is a diagram of the feature we're building and I like cannot read it. So yeah, that, that kind of sucked, but it's okay. I'll get over it and I'll ask for help. It's fine to ask for help. It's totally fine to ask for help. And there's also a pretty good chance that other people on your team also don't understand it. Maybe they think they understand it, but they don't necessarily. On a positive note, I have an all-star moment, which is that we had uh, like an end org meeting today and I got not one, ooh, but two shout outs during it. And, and one of them was specifically technical for, for a project that I, that I inherited from uh, a coworker who was out sick for a couple of weeks. And that was like a, uh, a stressful situation because I knew absolutely nothing going into this and they wanted to ship it as soon as possible, but there were these bugs. So, and it was working with a new service that I hadn't worked before. So it was, um, it was rewarding to be kind of congratulated in such a, a public setting. And I, I gave myself a little pat on the back with my camera off. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What a, what a great positive note to end on. I hope this is helpful for listeners. Um, you know, please message us on Instagram. If you have other questions or things you want us to address mental health related. Like we could talk about this forever. Next week we have my good friend from college, Chelsea, who actually is um, working currently at a coding bootcamp in LA called Codesmith. And so she's going to give us the rundown on boot camps, what they're all about, how to get in, and then how um, how they help facilitate like finding jobs after the boot camps. And she's just hilarious. And we were in an acapella group together. So uh, maybe we'll sing for you. Who knows? And yeah, make sure to um, thank you to everyone who has rated our podcast. It's like, seriously, every time I see one, I just am so touched. Um, please rate us on Apple podcasts and leave a review. It can be like one or two words, really simple. You can be anonymous or make up a weird screen name. So we don't know who you are, but please do that. So we can grow, recommend us to your friends, send us around. We are, um, loving doing this and all of your messages about you guys loving it and telling us to keep it up is making us keep it up. So help us grow by telling your friends and continuing to listen week after week. Happy Valentine's Day. We love you all and you're all our Valentines. Bye. 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 <laughs>